the home of Catholic Memorial Football. 94.5 ESPN is WKTI and WKTIHD Milwaukee, a locally owned Good Karma brand station. Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City, alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. I'm a little sad. Especially after a weather day like today, where it was just miserable this morning. And then when the weather got nice, it was terrible still because of the wind. So it wasn't really a day you could play golf. And I'm sad because the golf season is coming to a close. This is our final on the tee of the season. There's still a little bit of golf to be played, but I can't imagine, Stephen, that we end up with a November that like we had last year. Where Why it, are you putting bad juju out there? Right I'm now? just saying, we had a really good one last year. I can't imagine it doubles up. We had a great start to this season. I think we're going to have a great finish, Gabe. Well, I mean, again, we're having a fine finish. Like, there's still golf to be played. Courses are still going to be open. I mean, I'm playing until snow falls. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Today would have been a tough day out there. That, but, yeah, today, let's just put it there. I'm glad I had some meetings today. Because when the sun came out around noon... I'm going, you know, I mean, it's nice enough. Could that you sun, sneak that it? sun but, peaks out, man. man it's if a you, tease. That's like you hit a 60-degree wedge in the air, and it's going to end up flying backwards if you're going into the wind. It's going to end up behind you because it's not going to go anywhere because it was so windy. But, I mean, there is. I think there's a couple of nice days left this week. Um, planning on playing tomorrow. Planning on playing Wednesday. Planning on playing Saturday. Planning on playing Sunday. The Packers don't play this weekend. You're damn right I'm going to take advantage of Just a nice little... October into November week for Mr. Knightsell. How many rounds did you play this year? So I think all in. I was counting them earlier on the WSGA website, and that did not have in like rounds that I played by myself, scramble rounds. I think all in, I'm probably close to 80 rounds. That's what I think I'm at. I think I'm close to 80 rounds this year. Gabe, I want to be you. <laughs> what are you at? I I had a rough summer. It, everybody just kept winning in sports. <laughs> it really, really hurt and my it golf really game. And it's really kind of jammed you up. I looked at my WSGA handicap and you know my round posting for this entire year. Um, my wife will probably tell you that I played too much golf this year. Sure. I played one round in, in July. One round because of the Bucks finals run. Oh, man. That's in tough. In our peak month. Yeah. Of the golf season, yes. I played one full round of golf That's that I tough. posted, so meaning I probably played with other people. Because I'll play as a single, but you're not yeah. allowed to post those scores. Correct. That was tough. That was a tough one to see. Man, one in July, that's it? One. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. And I'm no sandbagger. I post my rounds. Oh, yeah. You gotta I was just it. so busy. Again, I, I, I posted... My posted rounds was just shy of 60. So... Yeah, I'm 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 posting all the and, and I can't even like drop the line of do you work because you work harder than most people <laughs> I've ever met. 
It but just, like you just you just find that window. Yeah, yeah. That's all you got to do. That was the when I did both shows when I was doing the morning show and afternoon show. The window was perfect in the middle. I literally had no other responsibilities at the station. I walked out of here. I would drive up to Brown Deer. I would play eighteen. I would drive back to the station. That was my day when I was doing the eighteen months that I was doing both shows. Um, but even even that, that was going to be my next question. I guess if she's at work, then yeah, you just got that big open window. I do, and it's gotten to the point. This is and Stephen. This is how I know I'm a lucky man. This is. You know why, why you got down on one knee? I, why I got down on one knee? Because the question on the weekend is not, "Are you playing golf?" It is, "What time are you playing golf this weekend?" She knows it's coming. Wow. She just wants to know what time I'm not going to be around. Because wow. she knows that that's that's what I do during the summer. Man, you better <laughs> eat that up as long as you can, I, my what, friend. What do you think I'm doing? That I am trying to hold why on. Why are you to that not at hundred rounds right now? Is the better question. Um, that's a great question. We had an amazing year of weather. You you started we playing so, in like the first week of April. Yeah, we. I mean, that was that was prime. The fact that we started in April, but I got really busy around the Ryder Cup between the Ryder Cup week and the kind of a couple weeks around that. Like, I, there was a lot of stuff going on at the radio station. So there was like a three week stretch there where that probably prevented me. I mean, once I get the four rounds in here this week, you know. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. And I will play as much as I can into the month of November. I've played in yeah. December before. My my motto is, as long as I can feel my hands and my face, I'm playing golf. My motto is, if the golf course is open, I'm going to be there. I've played in snow before. It's no big deal. What do you think the man like, hand warmers what, for? What's like you the level that... of not being able to enjoy it because like you hit a stinger and your hands rattle for a couple of holes? I mean, I guess am I soft or are you just crazy? Oh no! First or of all, is the answer yes? Now, first of all, I am crazy. Second of all, when you play college baseball in this state, ah yes, and you know you got to get used to the you know you get a little jam. Next thing you know, you can't feel your hands for the next three innings. Like that's you know that's part of the territory. But you're wearing a nice winter-ish jacket right now. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, you could. I mean, it looks like you got enough room to make a swing in that. You could wear that on the golf course. Yeah, but I definitely noticed that once the layers keep popping on. Yeah. Like I would rather be too cold so I could swing a little more free. Yeah, sure. Than be perfectly comfortable and feel like I'm swinging like a marshmallow. I really don't care. I just want to get out and play, especially because when I feel I get more desperate as I feel the season closing. Like I just want to hold on to it for. That little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just becomes, no, I don't want to let go, even though I know I should be letting go. Yeah. Whereas most people around the rest of the country that might have a longer golf season look at us and say, anything under 60, you're probably insane. But for us, it's like, we're playing, we're maximizing every day, every opportunity that we possibly could have. So my grandparents, um, who are a big influence into why I, I play golf, especially my grandfather, when they retired, they lived down in this golf community in Arkansas, Bella Vista Village. It's just yeah. outside of Bentonville, which is where Walmart was created. Um, and they had, I went down a couple of years ago, just to kind of check it back out, because it had been about 10 years since they had passed, just to see how much the area had grown. But we went down one time when I was, I can't remember, it was either late middle school, early high school. And we went to go play around a golf, and because we would always go down during spring break okay. and see my grandparents, so we went and you know it was not the best weather, and we show up and the golf course is practically empty, and they go, you must be not, you guys can't be from here, can you? It was like fifty degrees, it was fine, it was fine, but all those people down in Arkansas, all the retired people, nah, 
under 50 degrees, chance to be under 50 degrees, they ain't playing. So we had the golf course to ourselves. It was lovely. Yeah. And there's enough crazies out there like you and I that will play in pretty much anything. Like we were at Brown Deer last Monday. Oh, it was a beautiful was, day. And I was, was I looked around. Perfect. I was like, do people work? <laughs> I mean, it's been like that. I, I don't know what it's been at, at the Wisconsin Club, but I mean, I, just I got to imagine it's been busy all year because just yeah, they're about every records. yeah every golf course all around the state. You know, I, I talked to some people that are within the county, and they're like, "Yeah, we just you know they they hit their goals on like Thursday, and then they've still got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to go for the rest of the week." It's it's unbelievable how much people have been getting out to play golf. It's been tough to get tee times. That that's another reason why I probably haven't hit a hundred, where I've kind of had that window open up. Just oh, let's see what's available. Nothing is available. What are you are you serious right now? Yeah. It's a good problem to have across the state. Like, are they going to change tee times? Like, do you think we'll go from like ten to eight minutes? I I just, I don't think you can do that because at that point you're going to be jamming too many people out there, and it's going to take too long. I think the nine minute window is kind of the sweet spot because if you start, if if golf starts taking, and sometimes it does on the weekends, depending upon where you play. That's the one thing with golf is they've we've got to figure out pace of play. Like, not just on the PGA Tour, and I think they need to figure that out just from a television watching perspective, but I think we need to figure it out as a golfing society that rounds cannot be taken five hours on the weekend. That, to me, is what's going to make it too much of a grind and, and start driving people away when we're getting people right now back into the game over the last two years because of the pandemic. Yeah. So I think I think pace of play... Like, they can't do anything that's going to slow things down even more. I had proposed this to you after the show when we were talking about what, what's the one thing you would change about the game of golf. Um, my answer was clothing. I think you wear whatever you want to wear. <laughs> yeah. But I was wondering, do you think that courses could have a four caddy to improve pace of play? I think it's certainly something that would help. You know, and especially as, as courses continue to make more and more money, I mean, the issue is finding somebody who would want to do that job because right now, with the way the economy is, hiring anyone is is kind of tough. But I think that would certainly help. And here's the issue, and this is actually something I think I'm going to end up discussing tomorrow night. I have a big Brown Deer Men's Club golf whatever uh, meeting, end of year meeting, and we've got to figure out pace of play as a club. Like because every club will say the exact same. Well, thing. And yeah, and I think if if you are you know if you're a part of a private club or if you're a part of a club like I am at Brown Deer where you're playing these events within your own club, once you get to the back end, the rounds are just taking so damn long. And this is something that competing in a couple of county wide events this year, uh, where we've got a team of like twelve guys from Brown Deer, and we'll go to the you know. It's like one Saturday a month where we go to a different golf course within the county system and all the other county courses have their teams. And um, being a lower handicap, when I go off early, it's great because I'm setting the pace. And I like to play and I like to get, you know, I'm, I'm a quicker player, I would like to think. Yes. Not as quick as Steve the Homer True, but I mean, who among us is? Uh, as fast as that man is. Um, if you've ever played golf with Homer, like the number of times people have been talking while Homer is swinging, and they go, oh, I didn't realize you were going to swing. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I could set the pace, and I know it's going to be great. But if when they flip it and the low handicaps go out last, I can't do it, man. Like it just becomes it just becomes a death march. Like five and a half hour round. Like no, I got better things to do. Like I could have gone to Brown Deer, played with my buddies instead, had a better time. 
So we need to figure out that. We need to figure it out when we have our big events because if we have a five hour round coming in at the back end now, Joe Public who's going out in the afternoon, they're yeah. they're on you know they're going to have a five and a half hour round. We need to figure out pace of play. And the issue is people don't. One of the issues is I think people don't realize that when you're looking for your lost golf ball, you've got to now make up that three minutes. You only get three minutes to look for that ball, and now you've got to make that up. So you have to play quicker. Everyone's just like, well, now we lost the ball. Ho hum. We'll just keep going along. Um, so I think we need better marshaling. I think four caddies would be great. Unfortunately, I just don't think that that's going to be an option for a lot of golf courses because you got to find the right person to want to do that job. I think as the technology continues to evolve, I could see golf carts having some sort of technology. Maybe it's a heating sensor, infrared, I don't know, whatever it may yeah. be, to find more golf balls on a golf course, especially you get into this time of year. And oh, Gabe, I mean, you, you could be You could be six inches off the fairway and not find your ball if it's under a leaf. I, I've been so for. I feel like I've been fortunate because the last 36 holes I've played up around here, I've done it with the same golf ball. That's and, really hard to do. And that's hard to do at this point in the year where you hit it a little offline, you end up in the trees, and who knows? It could be in that pile yeah. of leaves over there. I, it, it has to change, and I think the only way to, to do it is technology. Maybe it's creating golf balls that have some sort of GPS tracker on them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, or, I don't know either. But getting people to change is not going to be a snap the fingers and oh, you need to play not. faster because you're trying to tell people that their round means something different than the person next to them, right? Like you could have somebody playing for money. You could have somebody playing for a season-long match play event. You have no idea what the person in front of you is doing. But you have to be able to play golf within... The, the best the best analogy I've ever heard to this came from Andy Johnson, who has a website called The the Fried Egg, if you've ever checked it out. Uh, he has a Shotgun Start podcast. Like, Tom Brady, if you give Tom Brady all day, like, if he had no pass rush, he's going to complete every single pass. Like, the difficulty is, can you do it in this short amount of time? Because you're facing a pass rush. Like, if you give really good golfers... Yeah, give them all the time in the world. They'll probably do a lot of things. But can you do it in a condensed period of time? And golfers have to realize, you don't just have all day. You've got other people on the golf course. we got to pick up the pace. we got to move it. You've got only so much time to actually get this round in. And unfortunately, there isn't an easy answer out there. Yeah, you're you're trying to change people, and that's the hardest thing to do. And and yeah, it's not just change one person. It's changing a golf-wide problem that nobody seems to have an answer for. Uh, One of the things that somebody did have an answer for was Steve Stricker with the Ryder Cup team. And he had an opportunity to talk with Wilde and Tausch last week. We're going to hear that conversation from the U.S. winning Ryder Cup captain Steve Stricker next. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Wisconsin Zone, Steve Stricker stopped by Wilde and Tausch. And before we hear from him, he's going to be this week's focus on It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? 
That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. The drive to win was what Steve Stricker had, and again, he stopped by Wilde and Tausch earlier this week. So, Steve, Good. what's it been like? I mean, because you, you had all this buildup, you had to wait an extra year. What's been the victory part of this? Because that's you're, you seem to be, you're going to embrace this victory side. You're going to have a couple cold beers. Give us a little taste <laughs> of what the last couple weeks have been like. Uh, you know, it's, it's been great. It's, uh, it's pretty subdued on my end. I, I don't, uh, you know how I am. Um, you know, I took it, the trophy to a few, few places here and there, uh, had some friends over, obviously that kind of stuff. Um, took it to the game, a, a Badger football game and, and, uh, we're down on the field with that. That was pretty cool. And, um, you know, so it, it's been around a little bit. I'm actually sending it back today, so it's kind of a somber day here. I'm, ah. I'm sending it back to the headquarters, uh, and then it'll start making some more rounds with the players and all that. But it's been a it's been a great few weeks, um, and it's I'm glad it's over. To tell you the truth, it was a long <laughs> process, and uh, now I can start focusing on you know uh, the family time and helping my kids and Nikki, and then um, you know get my game going again for next year. So, Steve, is the Ryder Cup sort of like the Stanley Cup in the respect you hand it off? And not that there's all the shenanigans that you see because it's not as big as the Stanley Cup, but is that kind of the same, uh, I guess, the same motif? Yeah, it is. It's a a special trophy, one that, you know, I mean, when I took it to the the football game, you know, we were up in a suite, and, and, you know, people would come by. They saw it. They came in, took pictures with it. Um, you know, I had it down on the field, and there was uh, – Kellner was there, and, and uh, Chris McIntosh, the new AD, and, and um, so we were able to – you know, everybody wanted to see it and take a picture with it. So it's it's one of those trophies that's pretty iconic. Um, it gets a lot of uh, – recognition when you bring it around you know it's just one of those things that means a lot in the sport of golf and it's uh you know it's an old trophy 1927 so it's been around a long time and to have it um is pretty is pretty cool and uh well there's my girls giggling and laughing if you can hear that but um it's uh it's one of those things that's pretty cool to have and and um pretty neat to show it off i took it to amfam american family insurance the other day with a bunch of people there we got one big picture so it's it's uh it's pretty cool to have so steve i was worried that tausch was going to take my question because this is the type of question i would normally expect from tausch but instead i'm going to ask it as i look at the trophy there's obviously a little golfer guy on top right does that top come off can you pour uh, can you pour Coors Light into the trophy and drink out of it? Oh, yeah. Like they do with the sure. Stanley Cup, or is that not an option? Oh, no, you sure can. You can uh, drink whatever you want out of the top of it. Now, the pandemic has caused, you know, yeah. some second-guessing and some, uh, you know, things that you uh, people may not drink as much out of it. But we had a few drinks out of it uh, over the course of these last few weeks, and the Sunday of it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you, sh- it's not very big. It's not like the Stanley cup. 
where you can pour a whole bunch in there, but it's just enough to take a nice <laughs> nice drink out of there. Steve, which player, which one of your which one of your guys enjoyed it the most, do you think, just the night after? Oh boy. That's that's a hard one. I think, you know, um they I, I, I don't know if I if I could pick one guy out. Um you know, I was thinking about it today and um again, you know, I think about it a lot still, you know, and there were so many guys that did so many great things. Um you know, I thought about Bryson. Here's, you know, one of the best players in the world. We only played him three times, you know, and and to not have an ego and not to, you know, get upset that he only played three times. Um, you know, everybody was on the same page. Everybody was just there to, to win it and to come together and uh, do whatever it took to win. And um, there were a lot of guys like that. You know, they all just uh, – uh, I, I, I had planned on playing, uh, or we did as captains planned on playing Justin Thomas probably all five matches. And all of a sudden, Saturday morning, he just didn't look himself. You know, he looked a little tired. And, you know, so we decided to sit him in the afternoon. And he didn't, you know, shoot, what did he do? He went to the first tee and chugged a beer with the fans, you know. So it's uh, it was it was so many positive and cool things on every you know, from every player on it and on every front, you know, that we just, uh, they did whatever we asked, uh, of them and they didn't hesitate and, uh, they all enjoyed it. Talking with Ryder cup champion captain and friend of show, Steve Stricker on Wilde and Tower. Steve, I'm, I, that sounds pretty good. Doesn't it? I like the ring of that. Um, <laughs> Steve, I, you, you, and and I don't say this in a sucking up way, but you've had such a fantastic golf career as a player, and you've accomplished so much, and comebacks, everything you've done, but you did those things. You had control over your tee shot and whether you made a putt. What was your captaincy like? You obviously had a vital role in this success, but you don't have any control over the actual shots. What was that experience like for you? It actually, uh, you know, we all put so much time and energy in, um, me and the, uh, the assistants prior to that week. Um, you know, we went up there for a practice round, you know, about seven days prior, a uh, week prior. Um, you know, we, we talked on the phone a bunch. We had these Zoom calls. We, you know, talked with our analytical team. And, you know, we put so much time and energy in to make sure that we put these guys in a, in a favorable spot. And I actually uh, wanted to uh, tell these guys where they were going to play on Friday uh, on the Monday of. So we prepared starting Monday. I, we called them all in, and we told them this is what we're going to do on Friday. And this was Monday, uh, not knowing how these guys would be hitting it at the time on Friday, but we were so convicted and, and positive that they were you know, going to do well that we wanted to give them the whole week to prepare for Friday. And uh, that really has never been done. And um, so they were able to prepare that way and they just uh, responded, you know, and, and they're, they're such good kids and they're, they're uh hell of players. And uh, this group could stay together for a long time. And, and they, you know, a lot of them didn't bring any scar tissue. A lot of these guys weren't on a Ryder cup team. Six of them, I think hadn't been on a Ryder cup team. So, 
um, they came in there with eyes wide open and, and, um, you know, I keep saying it, put me in coach, I'll do whatever you want kind of thing. And, um, so it, it was, uh, it was great in that respect. Steve, how much input did the guys have with you? Because you you tell them on Monday what their pairings are. If somebody comes up and says, ah, "I'd rather play with this guy," or there, obviously everybody was selfless. But how much input did the players have with you as far as how you made those decisions? Yeah, a lot. Um, you know, I had a, a dinner with them down in Atlanta during the Tour Championship week. I went down there to see the top six and um, who had already made it on points. Had I hadn't picked the. Uh, we hadn't picked the uh, the next six uh, 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 captains picks yet, so I, I got their feedback on them, uh, you know, from them on who the next six picks would be. You know, we went over pairings, and uh, I would call these guys individually and say, "This is where I'm thinking," and are you good with that? Um, you know, then the analytics played a role, and and uh, what. Um, what those pairings would look like. Uh, so the the analytics, you know, we took with a grain of salt. I mean, they thought Colin Morikawa and Dustin Johnson wasn't going to be a good pairing. Well, as players, myself and the assistant captains were like, how can that not be a good pairing? You know, I mean, you got two of the best players in the world and they complement each other. So we went against analytics there and said, you know what, uh, we'd love to put these guys together. And so that turned out well. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, talking to them, having them uh, have some ownership in the team. You know, I mean, I think that's important. Uh, I don't know about you, Tausch, with your days in Green Bay, but if you guys had ownership. But I wanted these players, and, and that's been a common theme amongst uh, the last few Ryder Cups, to give these guys uh, the ability to tell you what they want and how, how they would feel comfortable um, uh, in the, in a certain format or who they're pairing with. And, um, you know, I took the time the extra year, I sent out a questionnaire to get deeper into their, their heads on who they would think would make a, um, a good partner. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, you know, he said he wanted to play with Bryson. So bang, there you go. Um, you know, we, we had Scotty touted as, you know, bringing him in to play with Bryson. Um, and that worked out well. And Scotty's a heck of a player and, you know, took down John Rahm, you know, on Sunday. So there was so many good things and, and it, it is, it's like a big puzzle and you're trying to put it all together. And then once the, once the week comes, you kind of just let them go, you know, on Friday, it's like, shoot, my job, I felt like our job as captains were done and, um, you know, just watch them and let them go out there and play. And, and they responded and played great. Uh, so Steve, speaking of buzzworthy performances, uh, what was the feeling around Whistling Straits and Kohler after Tausch's dominating performance with the Junior Ryder Cup team? Third place. Was there a lot of buzz? Steve? <laughs> yep. third, took a I actually third. didn't hear about it. I'm sorry. I, I didn't. Um, so explain <laughs> to me. So did you did you win, Tausch? Or? Uh, no, we took third. <laughs> took third. Uh, uh, yeah, it was team. a three-team field. I didn't. We didn't have the leadership that we were looking for from uh, a captain. My captaincy not nearly as successful as yours. And in closing up shop, Steve, you know, I, I know that the AmFam Championship and what it does for the community is hugely important to you and your family and to everybody involved. But your emotions and how much this meant to you, at just watching it, 
the whole dream fearlessly, this was something that you could have, it, it couldn't have went any better as far as a dream that you had that came to fruition. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I mean, I get, I get chills just thinking about that day today, you know, um, you know, and, and shoot, I never dreamed this Tausch. I mean, I never, I never even had this on my radar ever to be a captain, you know, of a Ryder cup team. And, um, shoot, this was the greatest, uh, time of my golfing career uh to be a part of you know take away the wins i mean this this by far was the coolest thing that i've ever done in the game of golf and um yeah to experience with the those guys and uh i love each and one of that each and every one of them i mean they just uh they played hard they they bought in they they did everything that they had to do and they played great so there's I don't know. I, there's nothing more I could ask of that whole time period. You know, I mean, it just went so well, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool, as you can see from my uh, emotion on some of those things. But that's how much I love those guys and love the competition, and and just love to be a part of it. That it all came out. That was Steve Stricker last week on Wildy and Tausch, um, and before we get to this week's Carcron Moment of the Week. I want to reiterate, whatever I can do to make sure that Steve Stricker is the captain for as long as he wants to be the captain, I want to make that happen. Because I think the, the guys respond to him in a way. Like, again, it just doesn't make any sense. Imagine after the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, hey, Bill, it's somebody else's turn. No, I'm going to win a bunch of these damn things. And he went out and he did it. And this is such a critical point in American golf right now, the post-Tiger era. We talk about it all the time. With these young stars buying in to what Steve Stricker has helped build with the Ryder Cup, they have an opportunity now to go to Europe and win for the first time since 1993. Why would you move on from Steve Stricker? He needs to go to Zach Johnson, and politely, because we know Stricker well enough to know that he will only do it politely, look at him and say, I'm the captain now. And that's all he needs to do. And especially with the players going, we want him to be our captain. Just let it happen. Because ZJ is going to get his chance. Phil is going to get his chance. We know Tiger eventually is going to get his chance. No, here's here's the thing. Phil, ZJ, going to have to wait. If you never get a chance, Strick, whenever you're done, hand it off to Tiger. Let's be done the with The only thing. thing that matters right now is, is winning. winning. Yes. And in the last couple of years with Steve Stricker as Captain America between the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup, America's record is 38-20. and 20. In match play. That doesn't happen by accident. No. That hel- really that happens good. because so of a really, really good leader who got guys to buy in. And he talks about that core being there for this could be a dynasty for American golf. Why not have Steve Stricker be at the head of that dynasty? And, you know, Strick, if you're listening out there, you want a break, you want to be with the family, I totally get it. You want to ride off into the sunset on the heels of that historic win at Whistling Straits, your home, your home state? I totally get it. You earned it. But here's what I'll say. You give America the best chance to win. He does. Best chance to win when they go to Rome in two years. You yourself said, this is my major. So let it be bigger than your major. You know what's better than one major? Let's, let's go two. Two majors? Maybe three. You know what's better than two majors? Three majors. Seriously, as long as he wants to be the captain, they should. It's obviously not going to happen. He's too nice. And the PGA of America has this 
whatever system that they're going to do. Uh, we are going to, during our fantasy golf segment coming up next, we're going to give who we think had the best year in golf. But first, it's time for this week's Carco Moment of the Week. And now, it's time for another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside. Ah, falling leaves, sweatshirts, pumpkin spice lattes, and the final few rounds of the season. I love this time of year. Hashtag almost over. Hey guys, how's the round? Oh, sure, sure. A few stingers, I bet. How about a drink to tide you over for the back nine? Or several drinks based on how you've been playing. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside, home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course, the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. Fairways of Woodside. No ifs, ands, or putts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. This is On the Tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. As we recap the year in golf on the tee, our final show, we've got to discuss who had the best year in professional golf. We do that right now in our fantasy golf segment. Who's in the red? Give me another ball. Take a drop, Roy. Roy, just... Give me another ball. Who's in the green? Happy learned how to putt. Uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can, too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. Who you got, Stephen? Who had the best year? In professional golf? There's only one answer. And his name is John Robb. And the numbers are just silly. Because I've been crunching them. And Patrick Cantlay had an unbelievable golf season. He was named Player of the Year. He had an amazing Ryder Cup. He won a number of events. Four of his six wins came in 2021. John Robb played in 22 events in the 2021 golf season, Gabe. He finished T10, or better, in 15 of those 22 events. That's he won the ridiculous. U.S. Open. He only had one win, but let's be honest, he had more than one win because COVID wiped out his memorial <laughs> win that Patrick yep. Cantlay ended up winning. And I thought the way that he handled all of that COVID situation um, was really, really admirable. I think he took the high road. The fact that he wasn't allowed to play in the Olympics because he was going to continue to test positive after a positive COVID test and the rules that the Olympic Committee had made zero sense in allowing him to you know, play in the event and then going to Whistling Straits where his team just got absolutely beaten to the ground <laughs> and he goes out and he plays like the number one player in the world. He gets three and a half points for Europe. The only match he loses was to Scotty Scheffler in the upset of the Ryder Cup but I became a really big fan of John Rahm this golf season. Not just the player, but the person. And I think that he had the best golf season of the year. How about you? So, I mean, John Rahm, obviously a fantastic choice. Because I, I do agree, especially like the narrative around John Rahm, I think really improved. 
But I'm going with Colin Morikawa. Just became the world number two. The only other Americans who have ever become the world number two at Colin Morikawa's age, there's two of them. It's Tiger, and it's Jordan Spieth. That's it. That's the list. This guy came out, and I feel like he was almost kind of the forgotten one of his class. Like, there were three hotshot rookies that came into the PGA Tour out of their college class. Now, again, it's different because these guys left at different ages. So Matthew Wolf is still significantly, I would say, younger than Colin Morikawa. And Wolf has had his issues, and he's he's trying to get better from a mental health aspect and, and come back to the PGA Tour this year. And we've seen some, some pretty good things. Um, and now I'm blanking on the other uh, Oklahoma State kid who played in the Ryder Cup from... Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Victor Hovland. Oh, We've yeah. seen some good some things out of Victor Hovland. But Colin Morikawa was a senior when he left Stanford. And all he has done is become the number two player in the world. He's won two out of his first eight majors. Not only that, when you look at the big-time tournaments, like those ones that get accented a little bit more, you know, the, the WGCs, the elevated events on the PGA Tour. So he won twice this year. The events that he won... WGC Workday Concession, and he won the 149th Open Championship. Also, he finished uh, at the Memorial, finished second. He was T4 at the Olympics. He finished second at the CJ Cup last week. Like, It's unbelievable what this guy has done in such a short time in his career. He's the best iron player in the world. The best iron player in the world. The putting is shaky. The putting is what is going to hold him back from continuing this unbelievable trend that he's on. I already knew, I mean, John Rahm took it to a different level this year. Yeah. It was unbelievable how good he was. I did not realize Colin Morikawa could be this good. I didn't realize that he would have two majors while while Hovland and Wolf were sitting there with zero. And don't forget he went 3-0-1 at the Ryder Cup. Oh, in yeah. In his, his Ryder that Cup too. debut. That too. I think you looked at me like a crazy person earlier this year after the Open when I said, I think Colin Morikawa could win double-digit majors. Well, that's just because... I really think that he has that so, it factor to be... That would make him like the third best player in the history of golf. I could I could see him as one of the best players all time. He just has every single element of his game, and he just has that moxie factor of, I'm really nice... And I'm going to kick your ass while I'm really nice. Like the, the depth of field is just unbelievable now. Just unbelievable. And that's why I have a hard time seeing him actually doing that. I just see him as being like a silent assassin in his career. Like he's never going to make any big news or any drama. Or he's not going to be the face like Jordan was when he was at this point in his career. Because there are so many good players. But the guy just wins, and he wins big events. He's always in contention at big events. And I, I, I honestly think that Colin Morikawa, when we look back on this group of young American stars, I think we're going to talk about him being the best. Again, double-digit majors. There's three in the history of the men's game. Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Walter Hagen. Like, so he's better than Gary Player, better than Tom Watson, better than Bobby Jones, better than Gene Saracen, better than Arnold Palmer, Lee Trevino, Nick Faldo, Phil Mickelson. Like, that's just, I, I can't make that leap myself 
to say double-digit majors. I'm going bold, Gabe. I, hey, I love it, and I hope you're right because I would love to see that greatness. I mean, because if he gets the double-digit wins, then you talk about, well, is he going to catch Tiger? Is he going to? It, it would be phenomenal. And he's got again. How many PGA Tour of, wins does he have right now? Uh, four. He has five. Five career wins. He had two in twenty twenty. He has two majors. Man. Again, but I mean, winning two out of eight is so ridiculously hard. Yeah. Like it's stupid hard. It's really hard. I mean, again, Phil Mickelson is the second best player of this generation. He has six majors. It's hard to win. It's hard to win on the PGA Tour, and it's hard to win majors. He's going to be flying that American flag for oh, so yeah. many Ryder Cups. No, Yeah, he's going to be there for so many Ryder Cups. I'm, I'm just out on the double-digit majors. We'll see after the next season of On the Tee how many majors he has at that point. We'll see where his trajectory oh, is going. Can you imagine if somebody were to actually make a run at like a Grand Slam? I mean, Spieth made a run at it in 15. And <laughs> I mean, Kepka was really... Well, no, Spieth goes Masters U.S. Open, finishes a shot out of the playoff at the British Open that year. Like, almost got... Almost made the birdie that he needed on 18 at St. Andrews in 15. And then finished second to Jason Day at Whistling Straits. Like, that's the best major season I have ever seen. Outside of Tiger. I was going to say. Outside of Tiger. Yeah, I mean, outside of winning. You know, outside of, you know, winning three and then winning the fourth and making it all four in a row and winning the British Open, the U.S. Open by like I just got this feeling about Morikawa, man. I, I hope you're right. I really do hope you're right. The season's coming to a close. What are you going to do to keep your game in shape? Coming up next on the tee. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. For it's on the tee with Gabe Neitzel and Stephen Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Season is coming to a close, which means our season-long course review also coming to a close. Hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. The only thing I can do right now is suggest next week, book a tee time, play the original championship 18 at Black Wolf Run. Yeah. They do it for a limited time at the end of every year. It begins November 1st. Do it. It is my favorite 18-hole layout in the state of Wisconsin. Now... We've only got a couple of minutes left of the program. Are you going to do... I'm, I'm looking for tips. What are, what are some things that you do to help keep your game in somewhat decent shape throughout the course of... The winter seems longer than it actually is, but what do you do during the winter to keep your game in shape? Well, I always try to find at least one golf destination. I want to play somewhere warm. I can't just hang up the clubs for five months. Sure. I, I just don't, I don't have it in my mind. Um, what do you got in mind this year? You got something on the books already? Yeah, wife and I are going to Hawaii. Oh, damn. So uh, bring the sticks with me on that big trip. 
Uh, that, that'll be a bucket list golf trip for me. She's she's fully committed to joining me out there on the course. Oh, Excited nice. about that. Beautiful. She just wants to ride along. Doesn't want to play. It's okay. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh to get out there and do that. Off, you know, I might go to Florida at some sure. point too. That's a I love playing golf down there. It's usually an off season choice of mine. Um, and then just live in the simulator, man. I think I'm committing to a swing change this off season. Oh, I have no man. idea what man, that's going to go mean. Through, you're going to go through a swing change. And we won't be able to talk about it on the show. Like well, we're just well, going we to. Might, I might be able to like come back and brag about it, or just tell you I've quit the game of golf once so, our season starts again. We're just going to have to reconvene, and you're going to be bowing at Bri- like Bryson next year. I'm, you mean bombing it like Mr. Neitzel? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> no, I just uh, you've played with me enough. I, I need more distance on my. My big driver. It's in there. You hit a. I mean, when we played last Monday at Brown Deer, like your drive on hole number one was probably the best drive I saw you hit all year. Like it, it might was, have been the best was, drive of my life. <laughs> it was just perfect. It didn't because your your shot can get a little spinny off yes. the tee, but it was perfect. It had the perfect ball flight. Had good carry to it. I need to find that swing. And I'm going to spend a lot of time in the simulator trying yeah, to do that. How about I, you? I, I cannot recommend finding a place that you trust simulator-wise enough, whether that's, uh, I know there are great simulators maybe at the clubs. Uh, so many clubs are putting them in. Yeah. So, you know, book a time there. I, I know uh, we've, we've played the ads for it here for our friends over at Fairways of Woodside. They have the indoor track, man. X-Golf. And X-Golf, Brookfield, Mequon. I, I love it there. I feel that the carry distance are so incredibly accurate. I love Love it. Um, so if you can find time, and again, it's it's getting tough. I tried to book a tee time last winter at X Golf just so I could get in to get some swings. It was it was tough to find time there. So make sure you do that. Uh, you know, make sure you do it early. Make sure you do it often. So the golf, when when you hit when when April first hits next year, because that's my target date every year. I'm hopeful that April first, somewhere in Wisconsin, I can be playing golf. It's happened the last two years. That way, I can hit the ground running. I'm ready to go. Any destinations for you? Any uh, trips? Vegas in March. Okay. But that's about it right now. That's all I got. Uh, just because, you know, Marquette basketball season hits and tough to get away. Tough to get away for that. So uh, I'm going to Vegas in March. Do that with, uh, you know, a WPGA Pro-Am event that they have out there. Wait, are you just saying that Marquette's events. not going to make the dance? <laughs> uh, no. So it's actually great because they play, uh, we play Monday through Wednesday. So I can get back Thursday. So got first okay. game of the tournament. I'm ready to go. All right, you you factored it in. I'm I ready to. I have, I've I've got it all mapped out up here, ready to go. It has been a fun season. Do you want to thank all of our fine partners uh, who jumped on with us all season long? Our our fine folks at Aaron Hills, the fine folks at Fairways of Woodside, where we were at a couple of weeks ago for the inaugural uh, on the T Open. Our friends at Annex Wealth Management for presenting a lot of the great things that we did here this year on the T. Stephen. It's been fun, man. What a year for golf in this state. It's been a fantastic year. It's going to be tough to top it, but there will be many more stories. Always good to talk golf with you, man. This has been On the Tee.